This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. We're here to... Entertain you, we'll sing your songs for good times, the best times. You can't go wrong. We'll two step, a new step, it won't be long. When the Dixieland's are playing, soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Bonjour and welcome to another podcast episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsie Laurie, and I'm here to talk about things I am obsessed with that happened, well, <laughs> before my time. This episode, I am, as always, joined by my lovely producer, Matt Kelly, and we are going to talk about neo-futurism. That is the idea of the future, be it styles, predictions, whatever back in the 50s and 60s. So that's right, like the Jetsons. Before we get into this, I just, on the note of the Jetsons, want to let you guys know that the Jetsons takes place in 2062, and George Jetson is 40 years old. That means that right now, George's parents are getting lucky. Actually, to be exact, August 27th. So that means that last week, his parents got nasty and made a little baby George Jetson. So we're, we're welcoming you into this world, George. Can't wait. And on that note, let's get into the future in the past. Trying life in the modern kitchen. This new sink has a full rounded beauty. And in the self-opening container, all evidence of work is quickly hidden. Equally convenient are cooking utensils. Now here's a neatly designed KitchenAid, a compact double boiler. Filling it is easy indeed. Why didn't someone think of this before? When we first came up with the idea for this show, you sent me a list of topics that you really wanted to cover. And it's funny because in my brain, it was just like, we'll talk about like the Rolling Stones or, you know, like some like it hot, which has already been covered or stuff like that. And then you had like the aesthetic choices of decades and... That was something that I didn't even imagine 
as a topic. Oh, it's a topic. I'm very like media centric. <laughs> so like, I want you to explain the way that because I feel like any attempt that I make on saying this will not be proper. So what what are we sitting here to talk about today? Okay, today, well, I can use like the fancy official lingo and retrofuturism. Okay. Is I'm going to title it, and that is the official word, retrofuturism. But I like to call it the idea of the future back in time, or like, you know, in the 50s when we're like, hmm, space. Yeah, I think I explained it yeah. to someone as like the concept of the future as seen by the 50s. <laughs> like, yes, that's a great back to the future, if you will. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, like just this very like, golly gee, we're going to have a vacuum that can vacuum the ceiling. Like, exactly. It's like, very much the the house of the future if you walk into the kitchen the wife no longer has to turn the cake batter she just presses this button and 10 minutes later a cake comes out like it's (laughs) very much that i'm obsessed with it i I think that there is a very our our friendship developed very much on like a thin line of weird common interests Mm -hmm. 50s sci-fi and disney I think go hand in hand with this topic that we're talking about. They do actually. I mean, everything you research on retrofuturism, futurism, Googie architect, which is one of my favorite, we'll get into that. But I was like, what is this called? Googie? Oh, I'm for it. I'm here for it. Most of the links off of whether you be a Wikipedia page, this, that also reference Tomorrowland and a lot of things that were the start of kind of the house of the future, which actually was an attraction in Tomorrowland. Walt Disney was really passionate about the world of tomorrow and our future lives. And so there was definitely a lot of inspiration and move forward with, with Disney. And I think we were of that right age where and I talked about this on the Disneyland episode, I believe that I have these three clamshell VHS tapes from the mid nineties that were the like, Hey, come and check out how great Disney world is type mm-hmm. tapes. And even in those tapes, they have like all of that kind of original 1950s Tomorrowland stuff in it. And as a kid, you're still just kind of like, wow, I could have a robot dog. Like you're still kind of pulled into like that Jetsons depiction of the future. Totally. And I'm still waiting for my robot dog. Like <laughs> I'm waiting for my sneaking the Jetsons. Like every day I'm like, we're a day closer to me getting Rosie. Like yeah. I know I will have made it in my futuristic life when I have a fucking Rosie. I mean, I think this is a very important distinction. Do you want just a robot maid or no, Rosie. it needs to be that sassy, to, wise talking. Yes. <laughs> like, like it needs to look like her. She needs to have the little apron and <laughs> and hair doily. Yeah, no. I love it. I love it. No, and I I agree. Like I think it's kind of depressing almost now because like 2021, our ver- our vision of the future is very achievable. Like it's like. It's not like this outrageous predictions anymore. It's It's because we're there, though. It's exciting. It's I know what you mean. There's not that like almost fantasy of it where it's like one day, but like there's no way, you know, it just seems so far off. But now it's like I have friends that have um, or people I knew that worked for SpaceX and Tesla and whatnot. And one guy told me he was like, did he say in five years? He's like, there will be flying cars. But he's like, in 10 years, you will be able to have a flying Uber come get you. And I was like, no, 
He's like, yeah, no, I've seen the technology. Like it exists. And I was like, what? This is so cool. <laughs> like I get geeked out that we're like, we're there. And actually, according to predictions, there's a lot of things that they predicted would already have been here. That's what makes me sad is that we've, we've passed a lot of the predicted dates. And now it's like some of the stuff is going to be here, but then like, what is the exciting stuff to look for? I feel like the stuff flying that we were- cars. I just said we might have flying cars. No, like for our kids. I love the idea that as kids of the 90s, we were still imagining the 50s version of the future. And now yeah, yeah, it's we like, were. and now it's like, well, I mean, the, the 2001 version of the future is like the 2001 we're living in is already like the 2015 vision of the future. And mm -hmm. now all that we have, like now all of our future predictions in the society are like pure dystopian wasteland. I was just about to go into dystopian future and how, yeah, I was like, unfortunately I feel like it's gone into a dystopian. I think right now we're in an era where that is more the mainstream future because now we're trying to, People are trying to bring awareness to certain topics of being like, great, we're in that future that they dreamed of, maybe not visually, aesthetically pleasing, in my opinion, future yeah. of the 50s, but technology wise and some you know advancement we've made. But now we have had it long enough and see where it's going where we go, oh shit, we're like killing the planet or, you know, yeah. and so now like the thing to do is kind of scare us to get us to like actually realize what's going on and being like, if we keep going, we're going to yeah, it's maybe in the near future, we will come into a new utopian view of the future. But dude, we're going to space. We are like, we in our lifetime, we will have the opportunity to be like, I'm going to buy a ticket to space and go to the moon. Hell yeah. Let me ask you a question. Cause I think that I would say no to that mm. ticket. So you sign would absolutely. Sign, okay. Absolutely. I sign me up. Like as long as they're like, we know our technology is good enough that you're not going to like blow up during takeoff or like yeah. i mean anything can happen it's, planes are still somewhat dangerous like, that's what i mean it took a long time for me to get to the comfort level of an airplane and even still every time i board it there is that moment where you're like all right let's hope that this goes well that there's no but problem. you get in your car every day like statistically the chance i of know you getting in a car i know so i'm lucky it. that i've been on a plane since i think i was six weeks old and my parents were like time to get on a plane and so it's <laughs> It's just I've always known it, and I guess that part of me has just always trusted it. But I guess the flip side of that is, like, when I'm getting on a plane, it's almost... Well, except for when you're coming home. In general, when you're getting on a plane, it's because I'm going to a place that's going to make me happy. You know what exactly. I mean? Like I'm like, I'm going to go to California... I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the moon is going to provide me the same. I mean, if they put Dude, a Disney World on the moon, the that's moon. a whole different thing. But, but to be able to just go, I really want to go to the space station. Like, I just want to go up to the space station and like chill for a couple of days and eat like capsule food and be like, that was terrible, and then float around. But I want to be able to look back out of a little portal window and see Earth. Like, I think that would be the most awe-striking, surreal. I think it would be more emotional than we would think. Like, I've thought about it. I mean, I guess I could see the good in this, too. We're getting so off the topic already, but that's are. great. I know. I, I got love excited it. about space. I love space. Do you think having the ability... Because I think you're right. I think that, like, looking through that porthole and seeing mm -hmm. the Earth down there, do you think if it was readily accessible for people to go into space, a lot of the people who don't care about trying to pres preserve the Earth would have a second opinion after seeing it from that perspective maybe high up you're like oh i think a lot of the problems that we face in the world it's not a necessarily an issue of like evil people and good people but it's like people who can see within the restraints of their own existence and people who are just like hyper focused on like 
well, this is the world that I have. And this is like what I have been able to see. And that's all that matters. And like, mm-hmm. based on the information that I've been able to compute from like never leaving my small town, everything's great. I don't know why people are complaining. <laughs> you know what I mean? Versus yeah, I definitely like, think there's a good mix. And we can definitely get in on a, I don't know, different topic. How yeah. we pull that in. But you know, it's it's that the more of the world you see, the more you appreciate in my humble well-traveled opinion you do it's i mean i've i'll I'll, little side antidote like i have traveled a lot and i found that there was definitely a culture in the u.s that was like you know america's the worst and sweden has a better health care policy and this that and i'm not saying they're not right or maybe there's things that we could all learn from different cultures but normally those people i'm like have you ever been outside the u.s yeah a majority of them say no and i'm like you don't know how actually great we have it here. Like you don't know how glorious a target is and the one-stop shop convenience, which some might be like, it's terrible. And I'm like, go half a year without that. And then talk, you know, it's, it's just like, again, that perspective, I guess, which, oh my God, I was in Europe for like six months and all I wanted to do was go eat a cheeseburger. And I'm not even a big burger person, cheeseburger and go to target. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more American than that. I was like, I need target. I can categorically tell you that since I quit my job and like have been really penny pinching every little decision, one of the small joys in my life is going to target, not even buying anything, but just walking around and looking at stuff. A, that's impossible in my world. Every time I walk out, I'm like, damn it. Why do I have a bag? But yeah. it is, it's free entertainment, but yeah. It's the Anyways, small joys of just um, like, oh, this is how I'm going to get my oh, walk. It and is. Who, it's great. How might you describe to us a little, like, I think mm-hmm. I have a pretty, I would say I'm like 90% sure when you say retro futuristic. So stylistically speaking and architecturally speaking, most will know it as mid-century modern is okay. the kind of very, um, there's a couple different ages that are the same thing, different, but crossed over. So we have retrofuturism. Reagan Gothic is, I just actually, I never knew that was how they described that. I love that. I love Reagan. <laughs> I was like, I'm obsessed. I need a Reagan Gothic house, which I do. So that's going to be a little more of kind of your zany sci-fi architectural looks. A lot of wide angles, curved edges, single pillar slash column holding up an entire top structure look, if you will. And then the Googie architect, which is basically kind of a mid-century modern. So you have, it's much more of a minimalist look, but it's very influenced by the space age and the atomic age. And the atomic age was another thing that kind of crossed over. And it's going to give you a lot of those, literally some structures and buildings or artwork look like an atom, you kind of see the circles and, and, or an atomic burst, the atomic it's, it was very influenced by all the time clearly, because we're just getting out of the cold war and the atomic bomb had been created. And so there was definitely a mega, very interesting, a mega fear around that time. I mean, my dad talks about, you know, they would have like drills at school and he was raised, you know, a kid in the fifties and they would have drills at school about like, Oh, if the, if there's a bomb that drops, this is what we do. And then he remembers walking to school and like someone building a bomb shelter and yeah. preparing it. It's like, I couldn't imagine being a kid walking by and just to that point of people are preparing enough that like this could happen. <laughs> I guess if you think about it in that sense of this time of fear and this mm-hmm. time of concern about stuff, why in that same time period and into the early 70s with stuff like Star Trek have this idea of a utopian future like where everything is handled for you and there's no worries and there's no cares yeah I do it it is it's a really interesting time because you do have these like 
dual themes going on at the same time. And there's the fear and you see it a lot in, um, in like we said, the dystopian future was where sci-fi was going. And, yeah. so, you know, sci-fi films of the 50s, which again, this will have to be its own episode because that's like a shitload to dive into and awesome. But the sci-fi films, be it their monsters, aliens, themselves, technology, the themes kind of were all um, feeding off the anxieties of the Cold War and the threat of an atomic war. And a lot of the monsters were created by atomic waste or, you know, it's their, the fear of technology moving forward and they're able to do things that, you know, some people maybe ethically think humans shouldn't or travel to other planets and find this or what robots are going to do. Or, you know, you travel to the future and we're ruled by apes or, you know, it's, and they kind of did, I think, feed off of, and it was something to say about, you know, there was a lot of films that's kind of the undertone of like, here's a, a political piece, but it's a, a sci-fi movie. And they kind of went that way. But then I think on the other side, we have the space race, you know, NASA gets created in 1958. And what is more excited than actually seeing things on TV that are like, this is the first time X has happened. This is the first time a launch has happened. And there was also kind of that stress of it being a race. You know, we were up against trying to beat the Russians getting to space. And it kind of brought, I think, a camaraderie and a, oddly a patriotism of like, yeah, the US and kind of brought us together. Like, we're going to be the best and we're going to get to space. And and we get that technology. And then it's kind of this, here's what we can expect from the future. And and we still were socially in a very, this is how the family madmen era, you know, yeah. husband goes to work and the wife stays at home. And, and everything was the Stepford perfect, trying to create the perfect family and household. So it's like a marriage of those two is where that like utopia of the future came. It's interesting because you're talking about the sci-fi and I'm realizing, and this is all coming in real time. So, mm -hmm. so it's not a perfect an, an example or analogy, but I think cinematically a lot of the time, the fifties films that we think of like the deadly mantis and them mm -hmm. and stuff like that. At the end of those movies, the savior is war. You know, like it's like the military comes in and solves the problem. But then on television, you're having stuff like Outer Limits mm -hmm. and The Twilight Zone, where really the message of a lot of those shows is like human love and compassion and empathy is the only thing that's going to like save us. Or they from, just end dark and doomed from these episodes. terrible <laughs> from these terrible futures. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's like no one can protect you, but like a complete change in society's perceptions. Absolutely. And then I think why I'm bringing these two different pieces up is that I do think that the retro futurism aesthetic is like somewhere in the middle where it's like, God bless America and its armies protecting the borders. And we all love each other now. And now look at our fashion that hasn't changed since 1955 mm -hmm. here in 2024. <laughs> like, That's what I love is that like, speaking of the fashion and it's like yeah they the idea of the future it's just it's still so dramatically set in the social realm of the 50s and yeah the you know they might have like a more ooh her dress is silver and a little shorter and they start bringing in go-go boots which were very inspired by the space movement you know and that gets more into the, the 60s but it's still the hairdos are very bouffant and you have a 50s style alien dress or robot dress and it's i'm just obsessed with it like it's i wish that's how our future looked but they they didn't they could predict flying cars and video face chatting which is awesome that we are there and we have that but you know they still don't put women in pants or like yeah. it's just i love it it's like i mean it's kind of like oh god but it it just really 
shows even how futuristic something could be. It's so dated. Into- it's almost as if they were like, well, we've got to figure out a way, a way to improve the telephone. But fashion, we have absolutely nailed. This is forever right here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, women will... And even our roles in society, it was just, it was still extremely, I remember seeing this old like cartoon. It might've been the early sixties, maybe late fifties. That was like a, this is what the future is going to look like. And it kind of had the narration of what's going to go on and had a car that goes up and splits into two. So it was like, the car goes up, the husband splits on so he can go, you know, start his busy day at work while the mother and child go off shopping and (laughs) she gets home just in time to get the pot roast but don't worry she doesn't actually have to tend to it all day our robot's been working on it but mom will have dinner on table just in time for her husband to come home and it's still she's still just her free time is out shopping while the husband goes to work and she still needs to make sure dinner's on the table for him when he gets home everyone still has the same roles of of what they play and it's um I mean, I love those voiceovers, though. I love. Oh, I just love them because they go from like they're 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 one of two things, right? It's either the one that you just did, which is like you know the newscaster mm-hmm. at the start of Citizen Kane voice, <laughs> or it's or the other one is the voiceover that I I will refer to as like the goofy shorts. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like where they would do like these Disney goofy shorts would be like, oh, oh don't go in there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like, hey, kids. And it's kind of the, yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing cooped up in the house all day? <laughs> I know it's raining out, but don't let that stop you. Exactly. And they get like transported. Oh, oh totally. It's so good. It's amazing. Like, we need to bring that back. And obviously, clearly, all of this started in the 50s with the atomic era NASA gets started that gets, and then you have, you know, 1958 is NASA, the Jetsons come along 1963. So now we're even bringing it into, you know, you already said outer limits, twilight zone. We've got all the movies in the fifties. One of my favorites is forbidden planet. Just plugging that robot, Robbie, the Jetsons will come in 1963. And so now we're bringing it, you know, into mainstream cartoons of main network of like, here's the family of the future that we all, grow to love. And it, it, the Jetsons are the epitome of that. You know, they have still George is going to work, dealing with his boss. That's a pain. Jane's out shopping. It's still very socially constricted. It is. It's so, but you know what? It's such a, do- I, I think that there is something to be said about as much as we're like, we're poking fun at the fact that they were just like, well, so social, the social norms and the fashion will never get better than it is right now in 1950s the fashion got worse in a weird way if they attempted to design what they thought fashion would look like in 30 or 40 years 
it would take away so much of what makes us love the retro futurism absolutely aesthetic like absolutely no it's it's just perfect i'm so i'm so happy with it and i'm lucky enough to be in southern california where a lot of our architecture in la san diego we have a lot of this i'm going to say it again googie architect and uh reagan <laughs> gothic it's all over. I don't think it's quite as apparent on the East Coast as, as it is the West Coast, just because yeah. we also are newer, didn't have as much already pre-established buildings. So a lot of still like expanding and building was in the 50s and 60s. I mean, my dad grew up in Venice Beach and he remembers the freeways being built or starting construction. <laughs> like, yeah. damn. If you've ever been to LAX, the, the main, um, there's a restaurant in between the terminals that's kind of a propped up, almost looks like a big, white spider if you will kind of i mean it's the epitome of that yeah architecture and it's it's just brilliant and it's right at lax i mean it's 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 all over la but it's just great and here's a fun little fact too okay kind of going back speaking of automobiles not at all (laughs) just starting there in 1956 or i should say speaking of the freeways 1956 the government passed the interstate highway act so that was when they were like we're going to build highways connecting the entire country and going through. So now you're getting all these huge freeway developments and highways. And so families started spending more money on cars than they did before. And they started moving out of farming, agricultural jobs and lifestyles into a more, you know, the fast pace up and going. Um, So the designs of the cars started leaning more towards this new atomic space age, and they started resembling airplanes and rockets. And they put just a completely different emphasis on the design because also people were spending more money. We're in the space age. It's what everyone's into right now. And the car companies used to have exhibits at their car shows, exhibiting the newest appliances for kitchens to try to entice the wives to come with their husbands to the car show. They're like, we need to get the women here. What can we do? Here's the newest fridge and stove. And she's it's like, oh, so honey, insulting. look. It's, it's so I know. Insulting. It's so insulting. It's <laughs> something used to put. So that was a very stereotypical thing um, was to have these new exhibits. It's so, oh, that's so misguided. I know. <laughs> but after World War II, the spending on household furnishings and appliances rose 240%. So after the war, people were very much looking for that American dream. I mean, that's what everyone knows in the 50s. And they they fed into it and they're like, Lord, you got it. I am willing to bet that you'll see something similar. I think we're going to see another big bump in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may have already even happened, but definitely in the next year after the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, I think that people are going to be so, like, sick of the house that they've been trapped in. Oh, yeah. It's already starting. People are... It's like... I forget if they've numbered like the house renovation projects. I mean, people were doing that during the pandemic. So it was, you know, oh, I'll paint that cabinet one day. And now the one day's here and we have nothing to do. And people are like, shit, I guess it's time to paint this shit. Or like, so everyone yeah. was doing all these house projects. But now, yeah, there definitely has been a huge rise. And well, the housing market right now is insane. It's, like, it's chaos. but it's like you said, I mean, everyone just spent over a year stuck in their house. And now they're like, wow, I want to spend more time here. Either they feel like they're going to be spending more time. So they they want to put the money into it or they realize, uh, who knows, realize yeah. what people are definitely I, putting money into their homes. But I think tying it to not so much like, oh, I've been stuck in my home, but more with like with World War II, I think it was this forced return to normalcy. Like we've yeah. just had this very awkward couple of years where like the husband or the kids weren't at home. They were off in Europe. They were fighting this war mm-hmm. and now they're back home. So it's like, let's just do whatever 
feels the most normal to us. Yeah, and create again the, the American dream and the picture perfect family started coming in to, you know, and then I think it definitely became a keeping up with the Joneses type culture, which we're, sure. we're in it worse now. Thank you, Instagram. Mm. You know, and that's was the marketing in the 50s was genius. And they they fed into that and they fed into the space age. And a lot of that kind of futuristic, the kitchen of tomorrow, the house of tomorrow. Are you going to be a woman of the future? Like they really fed into that with marketing to sell whatever products they had now. But it is fun. There are some predictions of what technology they thought would be here now. They already thought, I know Walt Disney thought by 1986, I don't know why 86 is the year, but um, he thought we would be doing routine trips to the moon. Little off there. <laughs> Just a bit, but in Tomorrowland, there was a huge rocket when the park first opened. I think I said this on our Disney episode, but it had TWA because they were the sponsor and it kind of represented like, oh, you know, by 86 we'll be, that'll just be normal. And I was yeah. like, damn, not quite. But solar power cars were predicted. And these all have like awesome little illustrations of what they look like. And this is where I'm, these are all actual articles from a magazine. They all closer than we think, but the, the artwork of what the cars look like and what the highways, it has that very retro futurism, ray gun Gothic, like, sharp edge. It's just, I'm obsessed with the aesthetic. It's so awesome. Um, <laughs> glass domed houses to protect your houses from the elements. So just, just put a big glass dome over your home. Yeah. That can't go badly. Supersized crops. Yeah. Which I mean, someone could be like, well, our crops are bigger now than they should be and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> it's not robot warehouses. Um, we're getting real close to that <laughs> that's i mean like amazon's already got yeah but this this picture is pretty dope these robots are like ones flying and they just i'm like well if it looked like that maybe people would be for it yeah their optimism is the best part of mm -hmm. that time period <laughs> like, oh it's so great push button education so like all the desks would be like computers to to an extent and again it's almost there like I, especially there. weirdly with the pandemic like the schools had to give every single kid a laptop so they had an yeah. ability to participate yeah. in class. So it's like, you're not that far off. Shit. Talk about the pandemic. I think everyone went through push button education. this year. <laughs> I don't even, again, so grateful. I do not have kids through this pandemic. Like I, oh, to all sure. you mothers and fathers out there. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you for this past year. Cause Oh my gosh, I could barely be locked in the house with myself. Okay. Here's a fun one. We thought there would be jetpack mailmen. <laughs> Like, why does that need to be there? Just like, bye. I mean, again, I guess we're almost there with like the drone delivery stuff now. Yeah, that's exciting wild. too. Yeah. Oh, wrist. Okay. This one, we are accurate. Wristwatch TV was predicted. And I have, I'm looking at a, a illustration of very late fifties, early sixties kind of city and a couple looking and it. It literally looks like an iWatch. Like yeah. it's, you know, some things it's like, oh, Yes, the technology's there, but they they kind of illustrate it differently. Or it it literally looks like she has an iWatch on. This one's interesting. One World Job Market, and this illustration shows someone on a business call in Buenos Aires. He's an employer, and on the screen is a job seeker and family from Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, and there's a big were. colored TV screen, and they're doing a business deal. He's trying to hire him, and it, that is very accurate. I mean. We have Zoom, FaceTime, all these things. And so now, especially again, God, this is, we should call this episode throwback to pandemic times of yeah. 
Because <laughs> I'm like, especially during the pandemic. Well, but I think it really forced us to speed up on that process. Yeah, that like, all right, was, What if this is longer than two weeks? Yeah. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I always think back to like the first week where I'm like, oh my gosh. The big thing for me, I was like, I can't believe they're shutting Disneyland down for two weeks. Like, that's crazy. And school's just taking off for two weeks. Like, well, I couldn't believe two whole weeks. And then like a year later, I think I was just like sitting drunk laughing. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <been a year." laughs> yeah. Oh, God. and I remember, I remember loading all my work equipment into my car being like, I'll be back in like a month at the latest. Right. I know. Just <laughs> that I never, I will never see that building again. Like that's like, <laughs> it's the weirdest part about it all. Oh, this one were super close. Driverless cars. Let me ask you a question because this has been a point of contention for me, and I'm you are clearly more the daredevil than I am. This is like, oh, I'll have the first ticket to the moon. Yes. I don't know if I would ever want to get into a driverless car. I think my anxiety would just be through the roof. I, I used to feel that way, but my dad has a Tesla, okay. and we've definitely like it drives itself on the freeways, like. We'll go from Riverside to Anaheim, which is about like a 45, 50 minute drive. And like, he doesn't drive. You have to be, you know, he's there at least. So if something goes wrong, he can take over or you have to keep your hands on the wheel. But there's times I'm just like, holy shit, the car just drove us here. This yeah. is so cool. Like, See, I guess if someone's in the driver's seat, it's one thing. I feel like if there was an Uber that just pulled up and there was no one in the front seat and I'm just supposed to sit in the back and hope that this car gets They're me. testing that out. And I, I, know, I know right now are. they're just, well, <laughs> the thing is, is that I think, no, I do. I know I trust a computer software program more than I do human error. Like you are safer in a programmed system than a human. All right. Because I, I also think in my brain, there's that part of me that's like, look, if every single car is self-driving, it's one thing. But like, you will be dealing with, yeah, it, you yeah, know, you're there will with be the a, other people. Ugh, <laughs> and there's, but then the cars are programmed to be able to react in time to safely do what they need to do to save you. Yeah. Like, I've we'll watched see, too many we'll like techno- the evils of AI movies in my life. I think that's my problem. You I- need to spend more time watching the Jetsons like I do, and you'll be totally yeah, for it. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm like for all this shit. I'm like, this I'm like is I've great. seen Terminator and the Matrix. This is a, a slippery slope. Oh, see, I've watched <laughs> the Jetsons like far more. This is great. This is a beautiful little um, sketch I'm looking at. But weather control. People of mid-century seem to have a particular obsession with controlling the weather in the future. So whether they really thought that there would be technology or just a dream of it, hey, maybe that would solve global warming. I mean, that would, I feel like that goes hand in hand with the dome. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're in the dome, I believe, I remember hearing that the original intention of Epcot Center mm-hmm. was not to be a park, but was actually to be the a neighborhood city. of the future, yeah, like the was, city a, of the future. Yeah, they were going to make a living community. And I think that that was part of it, too, is that it would be under an enclosure where they could, like, control the wet. Like, it was supposed to be, like, but you had to, like, there was a lot of problems uh, tied into it a little bit of logistical and ethical problems with it, where it's, like, people are having to basically sign a lease, have to work for a specific company, like, have to do this, that, and the other thing to be eligible to go. Where do I sign? (laughs) I'm so there. If I could live in some... I don't know. I I like to think that I'd love to live in like a pre, not decided, but controlled. Well, check out the sweet HOA that I'm in where my crap. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, but I don't want a normal like track home. It's boring. I want a space house. I want the house of the future where I press a button and my stove like pops up from the ground because it's, oh, 
But then I would totally just commit to wearing my 1950s. Yeah, you would go for the future retro aesthetic. Oh, I like want to fully commit to that lifestyle. Obviously, we figured we'd have robot butlers, but we were predicted to have robot butlers. And I would like to know where mine is still. Yeah. This is one of the great divides between you and I, because I'm like, I'm very content. I just like, I don't want the robot butlers. I don't want any of it. I'm, But again, I'm the person who also has a billion CDs and continues to buy more CDs and buy more DVDs when everyone's like, it's just streaming online. I'm like, but I need the physical thing to hold. You know how like in all those movies, there's the one dude who just refuses to like give in to the new technology. Yes. And in the... And in the types of movies that I watch, he's the hero of the film because, like, when everything goes wild, he's, like, not afraid to shoot a robot in the face with a shotgun. Like, that's my role in the future. <laughs> you're going to save everybody because you're like, I told you. I knew the robots couldn't be trusted. No. I'm telling you. Like, if you just spend as much time as I do watching cartoons. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I'm reading this correctly because this thought of the future tranquilizer warfare. I guess so that there would be no killing you would just be like okay i gotta read this a little bit during the cold war both the u.s and soviet union were working on different drug-induced methods of subduing enemy populations and frankly these quote-unquote happy victims and psychogas diplomats don't look so upset in the little sketch i'm looking bring on the happy gas <laughs> so, so, like, so they were like it. let's replace the bullets and you know like and, and these chemical like We'll we'll just use the Joker chemicals <laughs> from the Batman comic. It's not. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy, but it, you know, it's not. I can understand how someone thought of that. It's not a terrible yeah. idea. They're like, what hey, if instead of look, killing people, we just made them psychotically happy? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think I would take. I don't know. See, this is the thing. You go back and forth because it's like, yeah, like I would much rather us not kill people, but then it's like. You think of like a movie like Get Out or whatever, where it's like, is this person conscious in the back of their head that they are like now a prisoner to these emotions? And it's like way worse of a torture than just being dead. Like, maybe maybe it's just like a temporary just yeah. to be like, stop killing. I thought you then, just meant like, tr like literally we loaded yeah. the guns with nothing but tranquilizer darts. And then it was just a game of like who, the last man standing has won that particular <laughs> <laughs> the last man standing who's sad he's like, <laughs> yeah, like you just, everyone else is happy and he's <laughs> war can be settled by paintball is what i'm saying <laughs> like, yeah people were obsessed with like 24 hour daylight there's a house that follows the sun that's definitely a 50s idea where it's like no some you need the darkness <laughs> like, yeah 24 hour daylight and the sounds what? it says it sounds like an episode of twilight zone yeah, i don't i mean you could just go move to like alaska or i was gonna say Norway. alaska gives you that <laughs> i would i would not sleep like i need it to be dark when i sleep <gasps> base hospitals they predicted there would be apparently in the 50s and 60s they earnestly believe that space travel would become so common that people would be suffering from various illnesses would simply zip up to a hospital in the sky for best treatment oh, i need this to happen like it's not just like hey it's a space hospital for if you're in outer space and you get sick but it's like no it's a space hospital for when you're on earth and you're not feeling good we'll shoot you in the space to the space hospital i was joking with a friend actually we were talking about i think it was once she's getting married new year so we're starting to do like wedding planning and, and i have other friends who have gotten married i'm like uh you know it's i was like i just don't want like a traditional wedding that's like in has the reception the big party oh it's so stressful blah 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 and it's kind of going on that theme and i was like 
I don't know. I think I'm more like go somewhere crazy far and just get eloped and be casual. And then somehow like the moon came up and I was like, oh my God, she's laughing. She's like, I know you. By that time moon travel, she's going to be like, yeah, I just want something low key and casual, like my wedding on the moon. And I flo- I was like, oh, yes. I was like, can yeah. I get married on the moon? And so now that's my obsession. That's that's the new goal. That's a new goal. You're going to just stay single until moon travel is oh so casual that you can have a wedding on the moon. Yeah, and I'm like, sorry, you can't make it. I know destination weddings are such a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we've landed on is that the retrofuturism was on the right track, but the wrong timeline. <laughs> like, yeah. Because uh, it does look like, like you said, most of these, it's like they're either here or they're they're coming. No way. They're coming. Now we just need to bring the fashion back. But I still dress like 50s and 60s. So I'm going to live my happy little utopian retro futuristic life we have a glimpse of what the well-dressed man will wear for living in the atom age if he doesn't wear it he won't be living it's made from a special type of chloride sheeting and it's held together by high frequency welding instead of stitches picture the domestic heart of the future the husband resting from his radioactive label and the little woman mending his trousers with a blow lamp you know, Gelsey, for the intro, you brought up the Jetsons and obviously uh, the new George Jetson lineage. I'm having a weird brain fart on my side of things because I know that I watched the Jetsons a lot, but I'd be hard pressed to tell you anything that ever happened on the show. Were you a Jetsons fan as a kid? Yeah, it was very split between the Flintstones and Jetsons, like because it was whatever was on Boomerang. Yeah, they played, I remember but, yeah. watching the Jetsons meet the Flintstones mm-hmm. movie a lot. Yeah, I feel I'm like not- that's the most I've ever watched the Jetsons. Yeah, I did recently rewatch season one of the Jetsons last year with a good friend. We were like, let's open a bottle of wine. And, and it's great. I was okay. so, no, like I couldn't wait. I was like, let's just keep going, keep going. And then, of course, I'm like, more wine, keep going, pour <laughs> more wine. And I was oh, my gosh, for I fucking love the Jetsons. So. Yeah. My the only other thing I know about the Jetsons, and I think I only know it because so many bands that I like have covered this song, is E pop or Ah Ah means I love you. Great song! Uh, it's a great song. It's uh, Jet Screaming. It's a really catchy song. Like it's, it's a so legitimately catchy. good song. Oh yeah, we forget how many good songs actually came from those sixties and seventies cartoons. Yeah, they actually like put some tender love and care into the the song. Yeah, song. because even when you think of like. Like Josie and the Pussycats is a really catchy song. When you think of like even the the like uh, Sid and Marty Croft Saturday morning shows that they did like HR Puffin stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, those types of weird drug induced shows like those had really catchy songs in them as well. Like fun fact, this is I, I it's not it's a newer cartoon. I mean, for us, like childhood, but um, Rocco's Modern Life theme song. Which is very catchy. B-52s, yeah. And I'm a huge B-52s fan. Like, I've seen them in concert twice. I know every word to every song. I love the B-52s. And the B-52s will tie this all around in a beautiful bow. uh, Because I recently learned this or remembered this. The B-52s infamously covered the Flintstones theme song. Mm -hmm. They're in the the movie. In the Flintstones movie. Do you remember what their band name is? Yeah, (laughs) B-C-52s. I'm telling you, I'm a diehard B-52s fan, and they sing um, the Twitch, yeah. Bedrock! Twitch, Twitch. It's a funky town, and I'll lay around. It's a funky town called Bedrock. Anyways, okay, fun. Uh Yeah, stay tuned, because eventually we have to do a Hanna-Barbera cartoon episode of Before My Time. Oh, it's going to happen. There's just so many. I'm writing it down. Anyways, if you like our podcast, please, please, please give us a five-star rating. 
I will send you all the good juju from it. And follow us on Instagram at beforemytime underscore podcast. Say what's up. See what's coming here. Send a DM. I always am up for a good, hey, what's up? And I will say, hey, what's up back? And if you want to really join into the conversation with other retro-loving fans, go and look for us on Facebook. Uh, just search Before My Time. You'll find the Facebook group with the logo that you know and love. And you can join the conversation with other people who not only like the show, but also just like all that good, good retro shit. Yay. So that is another episode in the can. Au revoir! Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.